Hola, everyone. It's John and Andrew here. Welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, a masterclass in gratitude. Coming to Canada. And expressing real beauty. This is Obstacle Course. Vamos! Vamos. So is that let's go in, that is, in Portuguese? That is let's go. We are now a... I think we're like trilingual because when we had yeah. Sonia on, she spoke a bit of French. Yes. So we're up to three languages now. Yeah. F- for uh, we're pretty much the R two D two of uh, <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> yeah. So man, R two D two that that's a that's a great reference. Yeah, well, especially with the new one coming out next month. Were um, you Trekkie or? Or Star Wars. My my dad was a big Trekkie fan, so mm. that's that's uh, that's Star Trek, obviously. Thanks. And uh, he watched <laughs> for our uh, astute listeners. Um, and yeah, he was big into the old show, the the one with uh, William Shatner and Le- watched, Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, Leonard Nimoy watched every episode. Um, I got into the new series, the new movie series that just came out with Chris Pine and Leonard Nimoy made a made an appearance. Oh, I bet the Trekkies just uh, were it, eating that I mean, up. I was excited too. It was amazing. But uh, yeah, the new Star Wars is coming. Uh, have you watched the new Star Wars series? Oh yeah, no, I, I. Oh good. I completely ignored Star Trek. I was not into it. Yeah. But Star Wars, I was borderline obsessed, and I had a Star Wars encyclopedia that I actually like read through. I yeah, if there was a term like Trekkie for Star Wars, I was one of those. I was maybe like a Chewy. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's go with that, or, uh, or just Skywalker. Yeah. Um. So. I actually had the figurines. Mm-hmm. Like I actually had the characters and like the ship and I had everything. And now those are worth a fortune. And mom, if you're listening, why <laughs> did you freaking sell those? Oh, she sold them. She, she did. didn't just throw them away. No. Yeah. So, were they in their package? No, but still? she sold them like, you know, way before they were worth mm-hmm. anything. I think, or maybe she gave them away. I don't know. I'm throwing my mom under the bus needlessly, but she gave them away. And if you had them now, I mean, we'd, you know. We'd have a, maybe a few hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of overpl- overplaying my hand here, but, but it would have been cool. But I play with those all the time. And it's so funny because I'm just now finding this out about my podcast partner and my good friend, Andrew, that he's a, he's a big Skywalker or, yeah. or a Chewy. And, and here's the weird thing. I was already thinking there's nobody in my family who likes Star Wars. Like my kids, huh. Angie, no one likes it. And I was like, who am I going to go watch a movie with next month? Andrew, oh, yeah. can I formally ask you yeah. um, if I can be included in your posse that you're going to be going to the movie with? Maybe and, you didn't have a posse. But. No, I, I have gone with, I have a small posse. But yeah. There's a few of us that go sometimes, not every time. We don't dress up, although I do have a lifelike Chewbacca costume that could use a little bit of touching up because yeah. I've worn it a few times, including to a Major League Baseball game on <laughs> May 4th, what? Star Wars Day. Random. Wow. Yeah. So, and actually... Yeah. Speaking of May 4th, mm-hmm. um, we're going to make a real significant transition here um, because we weren't planning on having that conversation about Star Wars or Star Trek. You just threw it the R2-D2 thing and, and we so. went with it, as yeah. happens in our introductions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But May the 4th, it's also my uncle's birthday. Oh, okay. And we um, we spoke about cancer a lot in this episode. Yeah. And we had just a, such a brilliant, wonderful joyful person on who is just this year gone through chemotherapy and uh and is in remission now and and uh with a young child giving birth with cancer just stunning story and and her her energy is just 
filled us with life i think i would i would say at this point absolutely um yeah and yeah we have so much gratitude for for the experience of of that conversation but so may the 4th was my uncle's birthday and my uncle is definitely one of my my closest family members i would say outside of the immediate family and uh, as you know and as our listeners who had listened to my story know um my father passed away of cancer mm-hmm. of colorectal cancer about four years ago um and one of the things when i was grieving that i did to feel whatever to feel like i was doing something um was wrote a letter um that i posted at the place that i worked just to say hey look um one thing we can do to to prevent late stage cancer detection is go for screenings once we hit for men it's like once you hit the age of 40 start doing prostate screenings you you never know it's actually pretty uninvasive and it can save your life and so and and for women you know doing doing testing even just feeling yourself for lumps um there's these are just really easy practical things that you can do to save lives and so i posted that at work and i i did i sent it to my mom as well i think maybe just to like to read and and she decided to kind of send it out to some people and one of the people she sent it to was my uncle and of course he was affected by the passing of my dad and um and he thought he would go and he tested positive when wow. he got tested wow and um and and had and had no idea had no idea right that that he had cancer um and he luckily caught it early and is is still with us today and uh i'm incredibly grateful for that and uh and he's um a really important person in my life still and and just yeah cancer is so prevalent and it's just um it comes at unexpected times to incredibly healthy people you know he's my uncle les he's a a marathoner he's a a super fit guy uh super he's in his oh i think he's you know late 50s early 60s now Mm -hmm. (laughs) but he's a a joyful guy and and um never would have expected it and we just don't know and and so whatever things we can do to detect it early uh, when prevention isn't you know we we wish we could all just prevent but we can't you know thanks for sharing that andrew and it's such a powerful reminder and it's speaking of being grateful we are so grateful to be living in a place where there is screenings for things like that where we can actually go check and catch these horrible things before they they get to be too late but the irony of the whole thing is people avoid the screenings like the plague um, mm-hmm. You know, oh, it'll be fine. Or, oh, I don't want, you know, I don't want to go through that uncomfortable, you know, for men, that uncomfortable, t- well, uncomfortable for women as well. It's that invasive, you know, sort of um, procedure to, 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 for detection. And it's, it's given, it's there free for us to, to, to do, and yet we avoid it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for, for those for those listeners who are perhaps leaning in a little bit, thinking like, you know, I, I know I, this is a good reminder. I've been I've been avoiding this for a while. What 
what could we say to maybe even further encourage them? Like, like, is it a mindset thing they need to shift? Is it a fear that's keeping them from I think doing it's, it? Yeah, it's fear and, and just a reminder. We, we are so busy all the time mm-hmm. and we, that's a choice we make. But we, we do have real things that are happening in our lives. And, you know, you might have to take some, a couple hours off work. Right. or so you it's might, inconvenient. It's inconvenient. Right. And, and, you know, what else is inconvenient? Death. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. Uh, it's maybe the most inconvenient. Then you can't get anything done. <laughs> no, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so, it just goes on and on and on. <laughs> totally. So really people. And, and for men, it's like there is the, the prostate exam where there's something going where, going in the, out, the outdoor. Yeah, but, for sure. Um, once you have that done, there's also a process you can do where you just like poop in a cup. And, sure. and then that can be your initial screening. And, mm-hmm. and, and then if red flags come up there, then you can move into the next stage. So we have incredible advances in medicine and... Life is precious, man. Absolutely. And we learned that from this conversation and we need to protect it. And sometimes it's just a a simple gesture or a a simple exam or a conversation and it can radically alter our lives and, and save them. And we never know the impact of our actions until we see the results. So make good choices, people, and, uh, and protect what you love. Absolutely. Thanks for listening and uh, yeah, enjoy this love-filled, beautiful episode. Alene, welcome to the podcast. We are thrilled to have you here. Thank you. And our first Brazilian guest. Um, And I've known a number of Brazilians. I've been grateful to have that experience. Uh, mostly from when I worked on a cruise ship many years ago. And uh, Brazilians always have just a, a great spirit about them, the ones that I've met at least, and and love to live life fully and dance and just be out there. And, and uh, yeah, it, even just meeting you has brought back memories of, uh, of the many wonderful people that I met on board the cruise ships. So thank you for Didn't that. Didn't you recently get a Brazilian? Andrew? <laughs> uh, we're not going to talk about that <laughs> yeah. today. Well, I thought we were an open podcast, but that's fine. Yeah. No, it's great. How do you say, um, I thought it'd be cool to do a couple like hello, how do you say hello in Portuguese or, or welcome to the podcast in Portuguese? We could do that. Mm. Oh. Olá, seja bem-vindo. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's... Tu, say bem... that a bit slower so I can try. <laughs> no. Seja bem-vindo. Okay, and that means welcome. Welcome. Okay. Yeah. We okay. can just hola. Yeah. Hola. hola. That works as well. Right? Yeah. Okay. Hola. And uh, okay. Tu, tudo bem? Tudo bem. Ah. Nice. All right. Nice. Cool. And obrigado. 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 Yeah. Obrigado. Okay. okay. I'm Great. happy to be the first one to be here. <laughs> Hopefully, we will open the door for others Brazilian coming. No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. That'd be great. The door is always open for, for just about anybody. Yeah. We're now a worldwide podcast, so we want to have worldwide people on our podcast. It's absolutely true. Yeah. So, just curious about your decision to come to Canada. How long have you been here before? Uh, almost three years and a half. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I came here because I was working for the government in Brazil. 
and I start to be frustrated with some stuff that I was seeing that I was need to handle it. And my husband, he didn't like our seat. And he starts to say, like, let's move from here. And I said for him, I just moved from here for a better place. Because in my city, I'm from the capital of Brazil, Brasilia. And my city, we have a, a high quality of life. So if I move from there, I need to move for a better place. And I start to look for countries that accept immigration, like Australia and Canada. But when I start to research about Canada, I fell in love from hmm. here. Yeah, I researched like a year to go for Vancouver, mm -hmm. and then after a year, I entered in a WhatsApp group, engineer WhatsApp group, that uh, a guy, a Brazilian guy, told me about this city. When I found this city, oh, it's the perfect place. <laughs> I love here. I think he is like a paradise. Yeah. Yeah. We're so lucky, those of us who were born on Vancouver Island or, yeah, or sure. have lived here for a long or time. Or even Saskatchewan, Andrew. Or, or, <laughs> or Weyburn. We're so lucky. <laughs> but luckier on Vancouver Island, for sure. Yeah, it's a, I agree with that, uh, that idea about paradise. Yes. What about Canada do you, do, do you recall falling in love with? Oh, can I make a list? Yeah, <laughs> please do. It's a lot. All right. <laughs> I think the honesty. People are really honest and people really care about the others. Like he respects your own space, but care about the others. The nature here is amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I think cultural, cultural here is much better than Brazil. Even we have a lot of fun things, but here people uh, care about the other, help the other, care about the community. I think the sense of the community here is really strong. I could feel it better this year. How the community hugged me and even though he didn't know me, and mm. I love Canada. I think it's every day something happened that I just came in my mind. Oh my goodness, I love Canada. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so even you, drive around. Yeah. <laughs> I you like driving this, around here, right? Yeah. Wow, nice. <laughs> the yeah. transit here is so polite. Everyone <laughs> respects it. They yeah. give you the, the preference. Hmm. In Brazil, everything is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Now, you mentioned a little bit about your reasons for, for leaving Brazil and politics was part of it. And, and we know that you're not a political scientist or anything or, or um, have a, a lot to say on it. But um, we do hear in the news in Canada and, and in other parts of the world a little bit about the situation in Brazil and, and some challenges that are, are faced um, do you want to speak a little bit about your your perspective then in leaving, and, and maybe not how it is now, but but um, what that motivation was about? It's hard because uh, for sure I want the situation in Brazil change because I'm Brazilian, but it's come from years and years of history. 
like the way that the system is everyone wanna take advantage in their own and uh, take the money that is not their money it's the population money uh, so it's so hard like even though you change the pre president the situation will not change for a while because mm -hmm. it's in the population too even when you are in a lineup people want to take advance and enter in front of you so the 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 kind of the faults of the population need to change first for then the political change mm -hmm. it's hard yeah. well, so it starts with the people that's yeah, what exactly. i hear you saying yeah. yeah what would your hope be for brazil in in the future first the I hope it is a safety place because now it's really dangerous. Like even mailing for women, you have a lot uh, murders for women. Mm. So it's a place that I'm ordered to raise my kids. And how can I sleep at night if they are partying or something, something like that? I really hope it change, but. I don't think it's an easy thing to change because it's in their culture. Like when I went to visit Brazil now, I try to to drive like I drive here. Everyone was really pissed off with me and <laughs> yeah. like horning and like <laughs> screaming yeah. with me yeah. because they just cut in front of you and like crazy. It's mm. So it's a lot of changes. So I'm curious about the process in which you started to begin to think about leaving Brazil. Was there like a, one event or was it just a discussion you began to have with your family and said, eventually, let's, let's, we got to get out of here? I or... think it was a sequence of factors that make me, my husband started to talk, I want to move from here. I got pregnant and I lost. And I was in a really stressful environment where I am... All my corks uh, say that I think you lost this pregnancy because of the stress in yeah. your work. And I had a boss that he he talked few times about Canada because he did a, a, a master in French and then he thought about to come Canada. So during our lunch, he always make comments in Canada they do that in Canada they do that and at the same time I had few conflicts conflicts with him because we we think different and it, it's funny because he he made me live there but he gave me the direction for where I should right. go so yeah. that's the irony you were leaving because of him but he helped you leave yeah <laughs> exactly that's great wow so, so after I lost the pregnancy I was frustrated with the job uh, my husband asked me to move say okay so let's take our stuff and move uh, but it was not like a fast i i plan i think for a year i save money i start studying english study the process that, that i could come to canada after a year and a half i i moved to here hmm. and you were doing civil engineering yeah in, in... i graduated yeah yeah civil engineer technology cool yeah. what does that mean for 
people like us who have no knowledge of it, of engineering at all. <laughs> We're going to say our listeners, but no, let's. We mean us. <laughs> yeah. What What did the job yeah. look like? Okay, I just got a job. I was stash on Monday. Congratulations! Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and, you're, and you're like, I need a day off on Wednesday. I need, yeah. I need the morning <laughs> yeah, off. I got a re- really important appointment. It's my last holiday weekend. <laughs> mm, I will plan and design uh, storm systems, swear systems, cycle, cycle lanes. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, civil engineer technology draw, draw and uh, software as, as AutoCAD, Civil 3D, and mm-hmm. for land development. Yeah. Well, Andrew, as a cyclist, will appreciate your future design of cycling lanes. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for doing that. <laughs> we we appreciate them, even though not all of our listeners, no. I'm sure, or all of oh, they are enjoying this. Yeah, plan, I know. But uh, but Victoria has a plan. Has I think 2047 percent of the transportation is cycle or walking or sure. public transport. Yeah. yeah. And this company is is do doing um a project for for bicycle in vancouver street yeah yeah Yeah, the big big development of bike centric uh corridor into into downtown i had one more immigration question yeah let's do (laughs) it just one more (laughs) so you know we as canadians uh you know we're we're sort of known as uh as a fairly friendly country to immigrate to and I was just wondering, is that true? Was your experience, um, I don't want to use the word easy, but was, was your experience getting into Canada and going through all the legalities and paperwork fairly simple or was it quite a large process? Mm. And was there any suggestions you have for our Canadian government that might be listening that could make the, it easier for future immigrants? Since 2015, they create a process for immigration that it's good because before... People that was here was uh, not in high edge, uh, advent to immigrate, and people that weren't could immigrate easily. So now they has a process that you can follow step by step. Okay. It's really expensive. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's mm. the problem. It's really expensive to immigrate because most of Brazilians that I know are coming through the way that you came to study, do a college, even though you have a degree in your back home. So expensive for international students studying in college or university here. But at least you can see what you can do next. You can follow all the steps to arrive there. I'm almost there. Hmm. I'm right. almost crossing the line. So that's nice to know there's a process you can follow. Yeah. Yeah, but it sounds like the cost is, is one of the biggest mm-hmm. obs- obstacles, I guess. Which is an interesting thought. Um, in our recent political election, as well as in the elections in the United States, for sure, immigration has been a, a fairly prominent topic of conversation. And the idea of economic immigration is is uh, a divisive idea that not all Canadians support mm-hmm. it, but some are, are very, strong, very strongly in favor of. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, to know that it already costs a lot of money and it takes a lot of time and it's a significant process to immigrate, as we now know from someone who's recently gone through it, 
Uh, do you have any any perspective that you might add to to people who are opposed to immigration or or might might have a, a, a strong viewpoint on the subject one way or another? Um, I think people who are in Brazil, they have like their perspective about Canada be similar with United States, like the immigration part, but I think it's totally different. We don't have a wall. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's not, like you can, Canada immigration is much more friendly than American. Uh, than uh, United States and uh, when you are there you are you feel a lot of scared like how oh, it's hard I, I they will refuse but if you follow the steps all my friends they are getting it they are receiving their permanent residence if you fo follow the the right steps is not something like mm, I don't like you. I will refuse. Right. It's really formal process. So if you do everything right, there is no reason for them refuse you. Mm -hmm. So this is scary when you are here. You have an other perspective that it's not that that like oh they you look for you and no I don't like you. It's yeah. something that you can go. And the reality of Canada and the United States, it's a nation made up mostly of immigrants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, sure. it, one way or another. And Canada is a pretty new country. And so everyone here is either an immigrant of the last couple hundred years, mm -hmm. which is not a long period of time, no. or First Nations. So it's... Um, yeah. It's not easy You see someone here that the grand-grand-grandpa was Canadian. Mm -hmm. like it, no for sure yeah no yeah exactly yeah and we were we were joking a little bit about the walled south, southern of the south of the border but let's be honest um most if not you know all americans are extremely um you know nice and kind <laughs> and welcoming and it's just the governments that, that tend to give the nations bad names you know when we were talking about that a bit earlier with with brazil right and it mm -hmm. really comes down to the people is the most important and uh, I just think that's a message for, for all of our American listeners. That wasn't a slight jab at you. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is. Unless you voted for the wall, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there, it's, it seems to be a recent phenomenon that, sure. that immigration has become such a, a political sure, and yeah. um, polarizing topic, which it seems to be mostly based in fear and an right. agenda that we're not here to really talk about that but no. um it's it's something that should be not just a surface um polarizing divisive issue it should be you know why why what are the deep rooted values that are actually being discussed and and it shouldn't just be based in fear well i think and, the most important thing of Eleni's story is the fact that she felt welcomed right when she came yeah like besides the process and the money mm -hmm. and stuff ultimately what perhaps matters most is how you felt when you finally started to make your home here and, and you talked about the community really mm -hmm. you know wrapped their arms around you and welcomed you in and yeah and maybe because here is an immigrating country i think people feel what you are their parents felt that right. or they know what you feel. That empathy. You, yeah, yeah, exact empathy. Yeah. 
because they came years ago or as a uh, child. For sure. But they want to understand you better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great point. Yeah. Cool. Um, perhaps now we could flash forward and um, the we got introduced to you by our friend Trevor. Trevor. And the the reason of course you're a, a wonderful person and and the immigration discussion is is unique and we we haven't had that discussion very much here on the podcast and we appreciate that perspective but um the first impetus in the introduction that Trevor made um was due to the the major obstacle that that you have been faced with in your life over the the past couple of years um and and it started with uh with a bit of a miracle with with something beautiful and so maybe that's the the best place to start with uh with this conversation so do you want to take us back to to when you found out about the birth of your second child okay or or the pre the the arrival of your yeah. second child like i said before i had a miscarriage in 2015 so I, after that, I always want to have another kids, but in the same time, I never found the right time because I think there, if you plan, there is no right time. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. can when it's can. And because I was planning to come here, immigrate, study, all this stuff, I was not planning to get pregnant, but it's happened. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's happened. And I felt really happy that it's happened because I really want to have another one. But in the same time, a lot of hours came because I was in, I was studying. I after study, I need to work. How are you do? I had all my plan to immigrate to Canada, and it's coming up. But for sure, I was more happy than sad because I think he, you you. Had had a baby, it's almost a, a miracle. You uh, feel someone just For sure, yeah. grill inside you. It's something amazing that, unfortunately, you both never will know. We can't imagine. <laughs> <Yeah>. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, but it's amazing. You are no and um, one person, and suddenly you are two. Yeah, it's really amazing. Sure. And I got pregnant in around August. And I was happy with that. And I think around October, maybe, I found out it was a girl. What made me double happy because mm -hmm. I already had a girl. And I really want to have just girls. <laughs> it's something that I want to have, but I didn't want to show it. So I started looking boys' rooms, boys' names, <laughs> nothing. And when I found out it was a girl, I just just jumping and felt so happy until January. <laughs> and can I start now? Absolutely. Yeah. Until actually November, I was in a Brazilian barbecue, just having fun. And I touched my, my breast, like with no intentions, and I felt a lump. And um, I didn't give it a lot of importance for that because I had a lump in my first pregnancy and it was because of the pregnancy 
and I I didn't do anything. Then a uh, relative from my husband found out that she was with breast cancer and uh, okay, maybe I should book a doctor. I booked a doctor in my last mid-final test at school, but, so I didn't w worry wh while I was studying. It was like beginning of December and because of the the Christmas part, New Year, my exam was booked for January. And, and that's that's January of this year, of yeah, 2019. Yeah, January 2019. And I think January around January 9 I I did a ultrasound and in the ultrasound the doctor said right away mm, we'll do a biopsy and I asked why because I had done ultrasound before and no one asked for biopsy and she said I think it's not to worry about but it's a little bit big and with a lot of blood we we need to check it and we check, but for me, still, I don't have any person in my family that passed through that. So I still think it's nothing. And I was in class, and one Monday I was in class, and my doctor called me. My doctor uh, speaks Portuguese, too, my family doctor. Mm. And he called me, and he said, yes, it's cancer. And I, okay, I didn't list anything after that. He he kept, said it's just like that? Yeah. He, on the phone? On the phone. While you're at school? Yeah. Wow. He kept oh. talking, talking, like he said many things, and I didn't list anything oh. from there. I think he he, he said me for for by the phone because he knew, he knew that I was expecting the result. If he said to me, okay, come here, and come here, I will think the same. It's cancer. Mm. Because why I need to come there to yeah, talk? For sure. And that moment, my my floor hmm. disappeared. I thought, oh my God, what? How about all my plans about graduate, have a kid, immigrate? What do you do now? I went to a washroom. I cry and cry and cry for minutes. Then I have I had a Brazilian in my class too. I text her and. I went to my teacher to say, I don't think I will attend the rest of the class today because this happened. But I was crying and speaking English in the same time. She said, yes, okay, yes. And then she said for my friend, what she said, I didn't understand anything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I went home and your mind was like crazy at this time. And you start to, okay, I need information, I need information, but you don't know where to find this information because if he, I Google it for sure. Mm -hmm. And just awful that stars. That terrifying to, yeah. experience, right? Yeah. And yeah. okay, what should I do? I need to see my doctor again so he can explain me. I went to the doctor and he sent me that the cancer that I had was where? Like he, one percent of the breast cancer was like mine, so it was really aggressive that it need to be out of my body immediately, so it oh. could spread. But like I had to wait the surgeon to book it, and like one week of waiting. 
for me was like mm. six months. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. this year, I lived like 40 years in one year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, after a month of my diagnosis, while I was pregnant, I had the mastectomy in one side. And at this time, I was so scared to lose the baby. So I started to block my feelings for the baby. Mm. And maybe I you need to give up about the pregnancy. I cannot have feelings for the baby. And I started mm. to stop thinking about the baby. Mm. And, and after, uh, okay, after a week or oh, a month, I did the mastectomy. And they asked me six weeks to recover it. So they will try the delivery. Hmm. Uh, so what the that whole experience of trying to um, negate emotion to, towards the baby that you have inside of you, I I can't even begin to imagine the the pain that that would cause, or just the the conflict, the inner conflict of emotion. Yeah, because when you are pregnant, you already have a lot of emotions going oh, through yeah. a lot. Of, right. It it put everything more intensive and with this diagnosis i like cry a lot i start to think maybe you go back to brazil where you die i prefer to die close to my friends close to my family i will give up about everything here and just move to there what are you do it's kind of uh, uh i think the cancer diagnosis for me i had two hard periods the one was the diagnosis. It's really hard because the cancer word is really strong. Everyone associates with the death. For sure. But after you enter in this world, like because now I have many, many online friends that I found after the diagnosis, you see that... Even people that has metastasis, stage 4 cancer, sometimes they live 10 years. And the doctor said that, okay, you live a year. And they live 10 years. And mine was in a, a good stage. Like stage 2 is like I found out really early. Yet. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing when it comes to cancer. Yeah. Right? Is catching it early. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So you said that um, the diagnosis was one of the hardest periods. Yeah. What, what was the other hardest uh, period? The other was when I started chemotherapy, but they... Uh, we're not there yet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, in Brazil, it's another point in Brazil, 80% of the deliveries are C-section. Hmm. It's kind of a business. If we... Most of people like he, with a better condition has a private insurance. In the private insurance, if you ask for a natural birth, they will charge you like two thousand dollars. Wow! You say okay, you can do that, but when if you do the C-section, it's you don't need to pay. It's included in your insurance. So my first delivery was C-section. Even I want. Uh, it uh, natural and this time okay Canada's it's a good place to have a natural birth but after that the diagnosis okay I probably will not be able to do it anymore but the doctors really hold my hand no you want we will do that mm-hmm. and was like for me it was amazing because uh, 
it's something that I never measured I could do with after pass all this this situation and they induced me uh, I think three days two days before the birth and I had my natural birth with like songs midlife everything more natural like I want to and it was a moment that uh, you never forget. Mm -hmm. Like, I love it. I, I was wondering, um, you know, you're in that place of, of the negation of the emotion. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, you got to this place of, you know, euphoria and and beauty and stuff. Mm -hmm. Was there a moment? When when did that switch along the way? Actually, it, it's still, I still have this negation. Okay. Because during my labor... All the time I was saying, maybe my baby will die, mm, maybe my okay. baby will die. I had this, I think I I kept these thoughts until she was like two months of age. Mm, okay. I started to into the psychiatric yeah. in the BC Cancer Agency that he helped me with some advice. What should I do to keep uh, building the boat with the baby? Because even after she born, I used to look her and maybe she will die with the same feelings. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I will die and she will be by herself. I don't want she be connected with me. Maybe it's better mm -hmm. other people connect with her. I felt this maybe until two months of 80. Okay. So we talk about fear often on the podcast and and how fear is a, it's a great inhibitor and and we try to fear less but i i can't even imagine mm -hmm. that that fear that you must have been going through because not only is the fear for your own life but the fear for losing a child which is a worse kind of fear is yeah, yeah. the the fear that and, and a, if that reality is is there's nothing worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just, I'm curious how you might have been able to cope and survive those fears at, at that time. I think it, my daughters are the most motivation for that. Like my, my older daughter, she's, she's seven years old, but she has a maturity soul. She gave me advice, amazing, she's wonderful. Mm. And I think I need to be here for them. Mm. I need to be strong for them. And like, I explained for her, like, I have something grow inside me. I need to take out my breasts. I lose my hair. And everything that I tell her, she said, no, no, it's not going to happen. It, But when it happened, was amazed the way that she handled it. Like he, I, 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 I told this story before. Once I asked if I mm, should I put wig today or not, and mom, don't don't worry, just be yourself. Yeah. Like she always yeah. support me a lot, <laughs> like he, in an amazing way. Mm -hmm. Once I brought her for the counseling to see how she was doing, and she said. Mommy, what do you ask me? Because for me, you're still the same. Anything changed. Nothing changed. Why I'm going there? So for her, even I many times I was sick on bed. For her, was everything normal? So it motivated me to be strong and keep going. And okay, I need to go through this because to show her that we are strong women. Mm. 
And what yeah. is her name again? Anna Floor. Anna Floor. Yes. Okay. Hi, Anna Floor. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, you'll listen to this. Yeah. yeah. I have a two-part question, which I'm I'm prone to do, and it's not ideal, but I I do it anyway sometimes. He does, yeah. But I'm I wonder where you think Anna Floor may have found that wisdom, and how, as adults, we might be able to apply that wisdom and, and perspective that children have often in our own lives? Uh, I think in her mind, she, she, she doesn't know this association about cancer and death. So death is something that never passed in her mind. Even we always had a conversation Ah, uh, someone just told me that she had cancer and died. She starts to get this kind of conversation, but she, for her, I'm I'm never able to die. Mm. <laughs> so, and and I think it, it's something that I learned with this person and with her. Adults care a lot about the future, care a lot about the past, and kids just live now. Mm. She 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 can see what she see now not like what will happen then and then like i think live the moment it's important you know and andrew brought up um the part of fear that was on your journey that would anybody would feel and and you shared how your daughter helped you kind of push through that some of our other guests have, have leaned on other things um some of them that aren't religious have talked about just this forcing hope like they just force themselves to keep positive and stay hopeful. Um, other people have leaned on le- leaned on their religion or their spirituality. Um, is there some other things that you that you leaned on besides besides your your um, your daughter? Yeah, I think for me, what I'm not a religion person, mm-hmm. but I think what because for sure I still have the fears of the cancer come back and I had to pass every. Uh, through everything that I already passed. But when I I start to think like the fears came through, like if the cancer came back, I, I right away block this thought and think I'm here now. Like mm. good that I can see the sun, good that I can hug my daughter, good that I can be, I'm, I'm here now in this moment. Why I should worry? Maybe anyone can die if you, we are alive anyone can die hit by a car so why should i think ahead if i can be thank you that i'm here now well and that might be one of the more spiritual truths that we know of is bringing yourself back to the present moment Mm -hmm. and and that's that's really advice for anything that you're going through um you know cancer obviously being one of the more difficult things but you know, any of our listeners who are struggling with things, bringing themselves back to that present moment and that great advice you have of, I'm here now. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm alive now. I think it's a lesson for everyone because Absolutely. the way that the modern life is, people are just in hush all the time. Like before I was like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. at school. And my daughter, I would say, when do you spend more time with me? Mm-hmm. I had a year break. It was amazing. Even mm-hmm. I had cancer. I had a year doing nothing. Right. Just treat, just take care of myself. Stay with her. Like I think I haven't had a year break since 
16 years old. Mm-hmm. So it was really good part of all this process. Well, when you say a year break doing nothing, you might be doing the most important thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Know, spending, being able to luxuriate in, in your daughter. and Dur- your, yeah. The second hard time for me was during chemotherapy because the cancer is a silenced disease. So I didn't feel anything. People just came, okay, you have cancer, but I'm fine. I'm good. Really? I had cancer? So during the chemotherapy, you feel really sick. It's a medicine that puts you really, really sick with low energy, with um, nauseas, and it's awful <laughs> this time was well, how often did you have to get that i had eight sections okay. it was every two weeks okay I re- so one week i was really bad right. when i start to come good okay now i'm normal again you have another section and emotional the chemotherapy put me really down i think i was with my hormones uh, messing because of the pregnancy that I just had a baby and uh, chemotherapy changed you hormonically too so I was totally mess inside so I think five days after chemotherapy I the death folds hours come okay you die what should they do but two days later I start to be me again and live normal mm-hmm. And during the chemotherapy, I walk every day to help the immunity system go high. And was the good part too, because I walk many times in Dollar Street, in Baker Hill, and many times I was there and I felt really grateful. Oh my God, thank you to be here, listening to the birds and seeing these trees. It was like springtime, the, the leaves was neon colors really beautiful and i when i i thought to be sad i changed like thank you look you look where i am look what i can do because i got sick if i was not sick i was running and will not be looking these trees leaves and Mm -hmm. birds and sky and sun so it's the good part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is such the heart of obstacle course. Yeah. Of uh, Sometimes we learn so much from the most challenging, trying times of our life. Mm-hmm. And, and that whole idea of slowing down and just looking around, being present, being grateful. Mm-hmm. Be grateful and be present. I think it's my mantra now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it doesn't... I mean, that's how you learned it. But for for others out there, I mean, we don't have to go through mm-hmm. near death yeah. to to be to, to receive that gift. Mm-hmm. And that's why this is such a gift. What you're doing right now is sharing your story because other people can learn yeah. learn now until and not have to wait until a tragic circumstance comes yeah i think people need to listen their inside voice listen their body because how many times here i was exhausted and i just okay i need to keep going i need to because i was studying i was working i was take care of my family i was uh, and what else i can do i was volunteer what else i can do and no wait you are not the world 
superwoman. You are human. You need to calm down and respect your body, respect your time. And some, because I was always like that when I hug the world. Like, after that, I do that. After that, I do that. And now, okay, just go with the life flowing wait look the opportunities of the life give you before you plan 10 years ahead <laughs> mm. so I'm, I'm sure the listeners are, are leaning in right now just wondering how you're feeling like what is the what is the prognosis right now for for the cancer yeah now i am in remission okay like he the doctor said that the chance of cure is 80 percent the the chance of the cancer doesn't come back I need to, that is pretty high for cancer. Uh, I, I need to keep myself health, like eat health and do exercise. So it decreases the chance of it come back. And I'm, I'm feeling pretty health. I don't feel any cancer. I, like sometimes, okay. This movie happened with me, actually. Mm. It's something that I want to pass this year, like, okay, I'm done with this. I start to do the, my breast reconstruction. It's not something, it's funny because I have my Instagram that I, I publish my story. And my father, when he saw the picture that I post with no breast, he said, why did you post this? what is your intention? And I said, for me, it's not something that I feel uncomfortable. I don't care. I'm here alive. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Everyone has two breasts, but I have one, but I'm here. Mm -hmm. And I has I receive a lot of feedback from people that I help, even people that there is no connection with cancer, people that was just complaining about their life, was unsatisfied with their life. And after this, saw me with one breath and fine they changed their mind i'm reconstruction it because i have this opportunity but it's not something that bore me mm. yeah i'm i'm fine with that and i like i said i still have the fears but i learn how to handle it and be more grateful the fears is good because it's it's bring me the grateful feelings. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about feeling the fear and, and then channeling it in a different way. And mm. you know, there, there is fears out there because inevitably you're going to die. I'm going to die. You're going to die. It's going to happen. And we, and even coming that much closer to it, it really solidifies mm -hmm. that idea of like what what you have now mm -hmm. and and finding gratitude in that. It's a really beautiful image. Well, and Andrew, I was, I was thinking back to our episode with Linda and Shauna and something Shauna said was like, the universe doesn't owe us a hundred years. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And, and it's easy to think that, you know, we, we're all owed this life of a hundred years where we then die in our sleep. And sometimes you know, things change. I mean, mm -hmm. often things change. And so just it's not a line. No, the life is not a right line. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, um, and just taking your advice of being just living in the moment, being grateful for what you do have today. And, and that's all we know. Mm -hmm. we, we don't know if we have tomorrow even, and, and, and to not live in fear, but to just live in joy of today. Cause mm -hmm. we know we have today and today's great. 
it's beautiful outside or drinking tea and, and talking about life and that's great and, and and it's pointless to worry about the future because for me it's a uh, addiction feeling if you start to complain about something you find things to complain yes. things to complain but in the other side has a lot of things to be grateful a lot so you have changed the direction because many people ha have everything and they are complaining about their life they have health i think health is the most pressure thing that you can have in your life is health mm -hmm. yeah we have this phrase in in canada or north america i guess maybe it's everywhere now um first world problems and it's just the whole idea of like we we make up these things to get so concerned about you know but really like health and family are the most important mm -hmm. but yet we're spending all our energy worried about these bills super yeah superficial <laughs> shallow things yeah. that that all pass away and um, and you showed the superficiality of that when you posted that photo of yourself with one breast and just showed and yeah. with a smile on your face and with gratitude and i mean what a perfect illustration of what's really important mm -hmm. and and putting putting meaning in that and one thing i was i wanted to ask you about you mentioned when we first met one of the most important things the doctor said you should do because you were um you were in remission you seemed to be kind of on track for for being cancer free and and do you recall what what that was that he said to you or i can i can remind you uh he basically just said the most Be positive yes, yeah yeah they said the, the mind is who guide everything yeah you need to be positive and doesn't it's like you the first time that my doctor called me and said me you have cancer and then the other day i said can i meet you because i didn't listen anything that you said i need you to explain me better and i went there he said you have 30 percent of your day to think about cancer the half of your day seven percent you cannot th mm. think about that think about good things don't go deeply f uh, thinking about this so you'll be crazy and you make it develop more so i think the mind for me the way that you see the world can bring you where you want to it reminds yeah. me of something tim Ferriss talks about how he schedules his his time to fear each day you know when he realized fear was taking over his life he was like okay i'm gonna fear on monday at this time to this time get it all out write it all out and then move on yeah because fear yeah. is good for you go out from your comfort zone too yeah. it's important you have this feeling yeah but you cannot make it be whole you absolutely yeah yeah it's fantastic what? i you say can you see that i hadn't hadn't even mentioned here that i lost my hair this because for me it was nothing <laughs> I always ha want to have shaved hair, but I n never had this courage. <laughs> so for me, this I I think Brazilians are people that care a lot about beauty, and I'm Brazilian, so I care about this for sure. I'm kind like uh, dress fashion this, but it's just a 
outside. I have mm -hmm. much more inside to bring people. So yeah. hair, breasts, all small things. Well, and I mean, the short hair with you now and the big smile on your face, <laughs> you, you look you look beautiful. Oh, Absolutely. Thank you. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Many people said, keep like that, short hair. <laughs> yeah. Great. You know, something you said earlier was um, how you were able to find the lump. Right. And, and I just think it might be important to just remind, you know, the women and the and, and, and the men listening, actually, that it's really important to do those routine exams. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I know perhaps well, I'm not a woman and never have been. <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> men can have breast cancer, too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And men have their own things they have to check. Yeah. And I think it's easy to to avoid those things. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you don't. You don't just refuse, but you just, they're fearful things. And so you don't want to check just in case you find something. Yeah. But like just thinking about the importance of mm -hmm. that, I mean, to, to, if you hadn't found it perhaps earlier in the process, we could be, you know, it could be a different story. Yeah. Like so, the, yeah. the touch cannot prevent you have cancer, but can prevent you die. Like I, this process, I heard many people said, ah, I cannot, I, I feel uncomfortable to touch myself or mm -hmm. I have something here, but I'm so scared to go to the doctor and see what is it. But if you found that early, you yeah. can prevent your death. So do that. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to do that. Well, and your husband would probably like to help. Yeah. If you don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, I have a friend in Vancouver that she said to me, I cannot touch my breast. And you don't allow your boyfriend to do that. Yeah, Why you cannot do? Exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. One, one other point I wanted to ask about. Um, the whole idea of your Instagram account and the impact that it's making on on strangers. It's inspiring them. It's helping them with their own perspective and finding gratitude. How does that make you feel? And, and are you inclined to continue that sort of impact going mm -hmm. forward? I think I always had this feeling to help people. Like I like to help people. I think when I felt, I feel that the people was helpful and is happy I my heart feel full and I will tell you a story when I post this picture my brother told me that he he has a friend that her, uh, his sister is lesbian and because of that his father stopped talking with her mm -hmm. and after he saw my picture he thought Mm, maybe I should start to talk with my daughter again. Oh, wow. So it's nothing connected with cancer, but I help this. When my brother told me that, I said, okay, so it's worth. Mm -hmm. uh, that picture's worth. Even if it happened just this person, it's worth. So I think it, the feedback that I receive for me is really grateful. Like he if I think if everyone has this feeling to help each other, we have a better world with more love and less wars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and speaking of helping, I, I thought it'd be important to share some of those resources and, and organizations and perhaps even books that have been helpful to you 
um, because let's be honest, you know, we're, we're all touched by cancer. We all mm -hmm. know somebody and um, many of us have had family, family who have, who have dealt with it. And so what are those resources we can, we can share with our listeners that they can, they can look for? <clears throat> it's impressive after entering this world, Oh my God, it's a lot of people with cancer. Mm -hmm. A lot, a lot. Mm -hmm. So I think it's it's something that you don't want to know about because you want to keep far from you. But sooner or later, you have someone close of you because the, the life, modern lifestyle is propice for that. Even the chemicals that we have in the air. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's hard I say, because I didn't read anything, it's hard I say a resource, but I would say don't Google. Right. Don't go to Google and see stars because every case is different. Mm -hmm. I think when you went in this, a chain of love create really strong. I, like I said, I have many online friends that pass through and we support each other. It's, really beautiful the chain mm -hmm. of love that create with cancer like he, how did you find that online community it's just instagram like he they found okay. me and sent me direct try hours reply i always give attention i never like just ignore it like right. and give nice. information and we then okay there is this other profile and we share the profiles and most of people that I talk that had cancer, they said that they live better after cancer than before. Like mm. they feel more health because mm. they change the, the lifestyle and more grat gratitude. And it's, I have like my, the uh, mother of my best friend is with leukemia now. And everything happened this year for me and for her it's hard time for this friend but she is in an ocean of love now mm -hmm. living just of love it's really beautiful the love that came like i said before my community from i went to ctv news and after that like many people in victoria knew about me and the way that my daughter's school hug me was mm. amazing like mm. i love that school james bay community school i love everyone there because they really had me in their arms mm. was amazing and it's a very beautiful video um i, I uh, was in bed last night and I, I called my wife and i said i want to show you something and i didn't tell her anything and we just sat down and watched that video and by the end we we're both wiping our eyes and i just <laughs> said we get to have her on the podcast tomorrow. And it's just, it was such a special thing. And so, um, listeners, that video is going to be in the show notes. So another reminder to go to the website, um, obstaclecoursepodcast.com and, and click on the show notes and click on that video and watch it. It's a, it's a beautiful video. You'll mm -hmm. get to see, you know, your daughter and, yeah. and, uh, both of your daughters, both of your daughters, of course. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, don't, don't miss out on that video. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Perhaps as a as a way to to finish off the conversation, with uh, if you were to give any message to your daughters as as they move forward in life, and 
for the for the obstacles that they will inevitably encounter mm-hmm. what might that message be Ah, oh, for me, I think the life can be a surprise, can be tricky, can be hard sometimes, but it's the life, it's the way that you learn with the life. Uh, before, I used to not have a lot of problems in my life, and suddenly came this huge problem, but you just keep going. It's everything pass in the life, everything, you, I think... It, I think they are already strong girls, like, and just keep going that the time pass. One thing good that the life has is the time never stops. So enjoy now, and if you are having hard time, it will pass you. Hmm. Yeah. As we like to say, keep pushing through those obstacles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. I think that it... It what will make you a great person. You now I have a great story mm-hmm. that changed my life. Yeah. If if he, I I didn't pass through this, I was just running and doing normal things. I was not recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and something that occurred to me is the fact that you're in Canada, um, as you know, instead of Brazil, it was probably. Well, maybe I can just ask you. I'm guessing the uh, the medical treatment would have been would have been more challenging in Brazil, or could you have received um, mm-hmm. the same type of care? Yeah, like he, someone told for my mom, you cry when she left, but now she's there to do the treatment there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Brazil, I I could see now that the treatment for cancer is the same in all the world but uh, there for me have this kind of treatment I need to uh, have a private insurance and the treatment that I had here was amazing not just like I'm not just saying chemotherapy but the emotional support there is a place here is a good resource here the name is Inspiring Health. It's in Oak Bay. They provide yoga, constantly nutrition, exercise, private exercise, kayaking, party, just for people that went through or is going through cancer. Even if you had it like 10 years ago, you can go there and do everything for free. Hmm. It's a really good place. Wow, cool. Yeah, it sounds yeah. amazing. Integrated health. We'll have to... Make sure we uh, we have that in the show notes as well. And, yeah, and, uh, and inspiring health. Inspiring health. Yeah. Inspiring health. Great. Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure we... But integrated health is a good idea too. <laughs> yeah. There's probably some great inspiring organizations. Inspiring health is an integrate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Well, what a great conversation. You know, we just we just met a few days ago and I feel like I, I know you so well now. So oh. that's, that's another, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that you came today and shared that. And mm-hmm. uh, it's such a good reminder. So. And thank you for being invited too. Thank you, Trevor. Yeah, yeah thanks, Trevor. Thanks, Trev. Yeah, you, Trevor keeps doing amazing things as well. And, and yeah, such, such beauty that you brought into the room today and and that smile and that radiance and it has not only touched us but it has touched so many and and it's a an incredible gift that that you were able to give to your family 
And I'm, I'm sure they have a ton of gratitude for that as well. Oh, but I have a great family too. I'm <laughs> grateful for them too. Great. All right, let's go and enjoy the beautiful day. Yeah. Thank oh. you, John. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. Obrigado. Oh, de nada. <laughs> um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the episode. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. If you liked what you heard here, check out the website. ObstacleCoursePodcast.com. That's where you can subscribe, check out the show notes. And if we had one request, we'd ask you to leave us a kind review and perhaps share this episode. It's not because we have fragile egos. Well. But because we want other great people like you to benefit. Speaking of great people, we have a list of people we want to thank. We've got our senior technical advisor, Andy Robertson, our media partner and web designer, Sticky Media, and of course, our host and snack coordinator, Judy Langford. Oh, peanut butter cookies. You can continue the conversation on Instagram and Facebook at Obstacle Course Podcast and on Twitter at Obstacle Pod. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Keep pushing through those obstacles.